What's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Bar Podcast live stream. Podcast live stream. Live stream podcast. Whichever way you want to say it, it doesn't really matter. Anyways, here we are, episode 52. Had to look that up today. Like, I can't remember from a week ago. Amazing, right? So, anyways, it's going to be a fun show. But first, let's get let's get the, uh, the, the beginning stuff out of the way. Do me a favor, hit the subscribe button. It means a lot to me. It keeps me from taking Prozac and Xanax and anything else that would make you hit the subscribe button. So just hit that button for me. It'd be great. If you uh, have a good chuckle, you like what you see, hit the like button. If you don't like it, hit the like button. So that works too. Um, this show today is actually going to be, uh, is not actually going to be, is brought to you from my good friends over there on Patreon. All you guys that, that are on my Patreon, man, I really, truly appreciate what you guys do for me. If it wasn't for you dudes, it seriously, uh, this, this wouldn't be happening. There's so many times that I've looked back and I've been thinking to myself, I'm done, but it's because the guys on Patreon, you guys are putting your hard earned money into this channel. And, um, so I'm like, Hey, I owe you something. So I'm gonna make sure that here we are doing the Patreon thing. So you can sign up for a buck a month. You can be part of that. It puts beer in my fridge. It puts beer in my belly. Every once in a while, it does cool stuff like this, this back here. If you guys haven't noticed the background change, I just built that yesterday. So we'll blame that on Patreon. Thanks a lot, guys. Five bucks a month. You can get a sticker pack and, um, and then I will annoy you with emails about here's my rough cut, stuff like that. There's also coupons on there that you can get. You'll save. If you use one or two of those coupons, you'll save what you're spending on the Patreon for sure. So do me a favor, man. Do that. That would be awesome. Like and subscribe. If you guys are listening to the audio stuff on the podcast, swing by your favorite podcast app and leave a review. I went on to Apple yesterday and read some of the new ones that you guys put up. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Feels good. If you don't have a five-star review to give, go to another mountain bike podcast and then let them have it. So that would be sweet. So let's go ahead and get on to, on to what we're doing here today. We have uh, biking with Bobo. Let's see if I can remember how to work this thing. Here we go. Boom. There he is. Oh man. He just started out strong. <laughs> What's up, man? What's up? Robert? How's it going? How are you doing? You got the Dales, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Little, uh, little Dales pale is like one of my faves for sure. Local. Yeah. Bruchowski. Well, Colorado and North I did a terrible job of pouring. I knew I shouldn't have poured. Look at this. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of head you'd like to see in Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> A little like revved up, like like I was on, and then I was pouring a beer, and I was just like, "Am I, I multitasking?" See, I'm just gonna go with the uh, the plug for hand up because I love these little paper bag koozies that they have, and then I don't have to pour it in. But here I got this Track Seven. It's a local IPA. It's actually a blood okay. transfusion, which I feel like is fitting because I drank enough beer last night to need a blood transfusion today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you pre-gamed for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I, I don't know about you, man, but every time I do like a project, like if you build something, for some reason, you have to like sit and stare at it and then drink a bunch of beer like it's going to change or something like that. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, well, it's like you got a crescent and and the project and 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 be proud of it and celebrate it. Celebratory beers. Yeah, there's nothing like sitting in your garage by yourself at midnight, getting drunk, looking at yourself in the camera, and going, "Oh yeah, the lighting's good. This is good. Yeah, I like this." 
Well, cheers, buddy. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, cheers, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. I was thinking about it before before um we got on, and I was like, man, I've never talked to Bobo. And then all of a sudden, I remembered that we did that Super Bowl party. It was like East Coast, West Coast, New England, or something like that. You remember that? It was a couple oh, years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh man, it was so funny because like Josh from uh, uh, MTB uh, Daily MTB yeah, Rider was, writer, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was the host of the show, and we were doing like trivia during that. Oh, I think I it was like halftime show. I forgot that we put on that because I was like blind drunk. I'm pretty sure I was too. I, mean, <laughs> I don't think that there was like 15 seconds without one of us dropping an f bomb. Yeah, for sure, it was an instant demonetization. <laughs> <laughs> was monetization possible possible i don't recall somebody says they can't find the super chat option maybe that's something i need to enable i don't know how that goes man so well norcal you can always get onto the patreon and do that no sorry i got i got sidetracked all that add in me that's cool so, uh, alan and susan garcia says what's up from north georgia not too far from uh from wap in western north carolina pretty good right on, dude. in uh, north georgia so that actually brings me to something I wanted to ask you about. How did you end up moving up there? Cause like you were down in Florida and Seth moved and then all of a sudden you moved. I was like, so what's going on here? Uh, well, actually, <laughs> I moved up before Seth. Oh, okay. You're uh, the trendsetter. <laughs> I was the trendsetter. Actually, I think, I, I don't know if this actually had anything to do with anything. It definitely did not, but I definitely commented feel like such a fan. I commented on a Seth video yeah. <laughs> up here and I was like, Hey, you know that you didn't have to live in Florida. And uh, then I, <laughs> so I'll take credit for Seth moving to Asheville. There but, you go. Um, that's a really good question. And it is the answer that you want it to be. I came here and I refused to leave. Uh, yeah. It's um, like, if you've never been to Western North Carolina, it's got some like world-class downhill, and just the most beautiful place on earth. If, if you do anything extreme sports wise, mm -hmm. we have some of the best stuff you can find of that here. Uh, but just the culture, all the breweries, the party atmosphere, all the live music. It wasn't hard to, to sell the wife uh, on Asheville either, but it really started when I came here on like my first ever downhill trip. And I went and I rode the trail Ridgeline. Uh huh. In Dupont, and now granted, I'm from Florida. At this point, we don't get more than five seconds, maybe ten seconds of descending in Florida. Yeah. We're like up and down the whole time, and yeah. that that trail took forever. Like I just had never experienced that much descending in one go. Yeah. And the time we got to the bottom, like I was just like, <laughs> well, I'm not going back to Florida. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That ridge line. Uh, was was kind of the the tipping point for me, and I gave up a pretty comfortable career in Florida. Uh, my job was like long term, super cushy, and I gave it up for a real risky. You know, it was kind of, it was risky coming here and giving that mm -hmm. up, but it paid off big time. Because so you you from Florida all your life, or no? I'm actually from upstate South Carolina. So that was another thing is that um, we're just getting closer to family. Order. Yeah, so coming back, being closer to family. That's pretty cool. How, how about the, the wife? She's from that down she, there? Or? Yeah, she's a beach bunny. She's a uh -huh. Florida girl. She's my, <laughs> my, <laughs> my beach bunny. Um, she's from 
a place called Vero, uh, Vero Beach, Florida. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's so funny. When I first moved her up here, I was like, we were so stoked. And it was, we moved up and it was winter and it was yeah. like three weeks of snow. And I'm just right. like, she's like, ha, I would kill you in your sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we, uh, we love it here. She loves it here. And uh, we're going to probably move back to Florida in our mid to late eighties and die like a normal person. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That makes sense. So we'll probably go back. I mean, what else are you going to do? It's either Florida or like somewhere in Nevada. So you can like sit and pay, play the penny slots for like the last 10 years of your life. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping for a, I'm holding out for a, uh, the first retirement community in outer space. I think that that would be pretty killer. There you go. Of course with, uh, I'll probably just have an acid flashback and think that that's what's happening. <laughs> but either way. So what, how, wait, how, are you from North, Northern California, right? Northern no, California? not at all, man. I'm from Pennsylvania, dude. Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Live, okay. That's where where I grew. I actually went to high school in Florida for a minute though, okay. down in in Jacksonville. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I've been been around a little bit, but um, yeah. No, I came honestly, dude. I came to California because I wanted to be a rock star, and then um, that didn't happen. So <laughs> that's the dream, though, isn't it? I mean, right. Yeah, I went to school for studio recording and did all that stuff. And um, are you a mus- and, musician? Yeah, yeah, I w- play guitar and pretend. I, I always say I play enough guitar to get laid. So like, that's really it's not, not much. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Example: Elvis Presley, right? Uh, Cobain, they right? Got more beaver than the Hoover Dam. Three, right? Chords. Yeah. I mean, like, nothing wrong with those guys. Dude, you only need to know three chords. You just play them in different different uh, strum patterns, and you're good to go, man. <laughs> I, I noticed this dude from my high school is in the chat. What's up, Braxton Butler? That's trippy. That's crazy. <laughs> just wanted to say hello. Yeah, uh, no, no worries, man. Well, that's cool, musician. I had no idea. I mean, you and I, we could have been making records. Dude, we could have. We totally could have, man. I, I think there might have been a drunken biker live stream where I challenged you to a songwriting um, competition. I bet I met that challenge. Oh yeah, I'm sure that uh, I freaking woke up the next day when I was sober and realized that I can't play guitar worth a shit. So, <laughs> but that night, dude, I was on, man. I was like ready to go, and I had the one song that I've been playing for like 30 years. <laughs> it was all keyed up. So, how'd you get into playing guitar? Uh, well, I came up. I was uh, born and raised in a musical family. Uh, mm-hmm. My father was a musician. He was a rock and roller. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Gainesville, Florida, and he uh, always told me all these stories stories of these legendary guys that he played with and and was in the music scene with in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, from an early age, knew I was going to play. And, yeah, uh, I just looked at I looked up to him for sure. Yeah, uh, and we had a, a music. I grew up with a music studio in my basement, so I always had drums, keys, a full PA system already ready. Just go down there. Yeah, pop out of bed, hung over, flip the lights on. <laughs> the drums right yeah. there and um what what's funny is is that how i started playing actually really uh could have affected my my mountain biking in a big way when i was yeah. 13 i won this the scholarship this art prize for a, a painting or something and i won all this money and my dad was like hey this is a lot of money what are you gonna buy and i was like i don't know i either want to get a guitar or a dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> All my friends had dirt bikes, but my dad played music. So I didn't know what to do. And he was like, all right, what have you decided? 
And I was like, okay, I'm gonna get a dirt bike. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, you're not. <laughs> Getting a fucking guitar. Too many dudes in our family die on motorcycles. And he forced my hand and I bought a really awesome guitar. And what was it? From a, it was a, my first guitar, you're not going to, this is probably going to piss people off, was a uh, Eric Clapton Fender Stratocaster. Oh, right on, dude. So it was my a, first guitar was a Jap Strat. Jap Strat. Yeah. yeah well, dude. That's what you should Good. but i think my dad was like get the guitar he'll quit and yeah the guitar right <laughs> I thought he was plotting um yeah my I dad also, i also bought that guitar from the lead guitarist of marshall tucker band oh there you go they're from my hometown and oh that's cool yeah my dad was a musician too and like i grew up listening to like going to sleep listening to band practice and all that stuff so I think I got to a certain age where I wanted to learn how to play guitar and I knew that guy was pretty good at it. So I, I was like, I didn't really have a lot of relationship with my dad. So I was like, Here, here's a good way we could get to know each other. And like, I can learn how to get laid. So, um, <laughs> is what so, it comes down to. Yeah. So he bought me this piece of shit guitar One purpose though. It was like so hard to play and it was like the action was horrible, but um i kind of learned the basics on that and then when i got that strat like the first guitar that i bought it was like it was like all of a sudden you're like oh my god my fingers like they work so well you know like you've been cheated all these all this time you're like so that's how these guys are these assholes yeah i just woke up and i was eddie van halen <laughs> that's funny that's i think funny. the same logic applies to bikes yeah, yeah, right. You know, it it it's probably true. You know, if you if you're riding some something that is not so good, you don't know any better, so you kind of like overcome those things. You know, for sure. That's well, why I always sure. tell tell people you never know that your brakes are shitty until you get good ones. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so what got you into the YouTube game, dude? Well, uh, I had to find a way to move to Asheville. I knew mm-hmm. that I hated Orlando. I mean, I had great friends and a good job, but sweltering heat nonstop, relentless, mm-hmm. like feeling like you're in a microwave at all times. Mm-hmm. It started to drive me batshit crazy. I had to get out. <laughs> and uh, convinced the wife that Asheville was the thing to do, so she started helping. And believe it or not, she found me a job that allowed us to move and live very comfortably, I might add in Asheville for two years on Craigslist. Oh, wow. Places, nothing good comes from Craigslist after midnight. Right. But she found uh, this job listing for, they were, uh, it was a uh, YouTuber in Asheville hiring, or YouTube couple in Asheville hiring uh, for an editor. So they said, uh, it was, the ad was like, Submit a 30-second minute ad telling us why you should get the job and your information. Mm-hmm. So my boss at the time I was working at a tell me, tell me your ad was like had the Borat con- costume in it, right? I, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's exactly why I got hired. Um, <laughs> you know, I should have wore that. Actually, I, I like could be on underneath here. We won't know until uh, a couple Later. of years deep in the <laughs> podcast. So my my boss was uh not in his office so i went into his office set up the camera and he has all these awards and really nice cameras in the background i'm like doing the interview like i'm on his desk 
because I'm thinking I'm not going to get this job and right. I don't know how to edit. I edit my own videos when like we go out and ride or go on yeah, vacation. Yeah. I just stitch it together to, to like a beach boy song or Weezer. Right. And, uh, sure as shit, they called me back and I didn't think it was for real until I came up here and tried working for them for a week as an editor. They liked what I did and signed me to a two year contract. And I went back, put in my notice and sold our house. We, we were house owners before we left uh-huh. and got the fuck out of Dodge. And it was scary. I'm sure, man. Like it's, yeah. you know, when you're younger and you move to a different city, it's like not that big of a deal. You go to school, you got to make a bunch of new friends in the first week and you're back to like smoking pot and drinking beers under the railroad tracks in a new city. Right. You know, like, that's what I'm doing tomorrow. That's, that's right? Saturday plans. But as an adult, you know, (laughs) yeah, right. But as an adult, it's definitely like, it's a lot different, you know, like it takes a while to meet people and to like kind of get into a community and get a good circle of friends. And I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, um, we're very fortunate that we've found those, our people here because you're right. You have to do a lot of trial and error and some people you're like, stoked on. You're like, Oh, I like John. Yeah. And then it just doesn't work out. Like uh, we went through a lot of, trial and error and then we yeah. found tan daddy and his wife jamie and we since met landy and steady spin and all yeah, yeah. Know, we had this great circle of of friends my buddy brock and it, it's just been like the last piece of the puzzle because you feel like you belong to a place but you know you belong to a place when you have that core group yeah yeah real special core group so yeah for sure it's man. Rad. it's been red that, that's, that's good that, stuff and that's partly one thing that I've tried to focus on in the content beyond the mountain biking. Obviously, we're going on an adventure. We're going to go out and ride. But I'm trying to like showcase the camaraderie, showcase the the friendships and the good times as well. You've got to I have feel, a good balance of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think that that's important. And I think it's it's intriguing, too, to people as well. Because then, you know, it's not just one person that you're getting to know. It's, you know, five or six or whatever. It's like a cast of characters, like movie, yeah. like Leatherfoot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got you. Do you have a moonlight? Who's your moonlight? Steady. Steady's your moonlight. Oh yeah. He's the wild card. <laughs> Always the wild card. <laughs> oh god. I'm sure if he was watching, he'd be like, "Man, he didn't even hesitate." <laughs> he wouldn't even say that. He'd be like, he'd "Right, just look at somebody, stand up." <laughs> like, Steady, why are you always throwing a look like you just did a drive by? Like, what's with the good stuff i heard he's good at uh talking people into stuff occasionally yeah he's an instigator yeah oh yeah but you need one you need right every group it's fun it's all in good fun right right it it usually is (laughs) so what were you doing in florida before you before you packed up and split you said you had another job you quit uh, well, I was working in the uh, television and film industry uh, for a while before I made the move uh, into YouTube. And I wasn't an editor. I was notoriously poor at anything that had anything to do with computers. I was a camera guy. And uh-huh. uh, I worked in all kinds of different departments uh, in the film industry. I worked in art department, sound, um, directing, screenwriting. Uh, first AD. Anyways, I ended so up. So you had you had a lot of of film experience before I mean, you got into this, though. I went to film school. I have a bachelor's degree in film, uh, and then I ended up going back and becoming a lab instructor at that film school, and working my way up to a lecturer at that film school. 
Oh, wow. what uh, school is that? Full Sail uh, University. It's in Orlando, Florida. And, right on. Uh, my class was called 16 millimeter film production. So uh-huh. I had to get a new group every two months, develop a script, uh, produce the script, shoot the script. So in my time, in my six years at Full Sail, I produced around 52 short films. Wow. And they were all student short films. So one of them, one of them, two of them may, maybe were good. Yeah. Uh, but um, it was an interesting learning experience for me as well. Uh-huh. Teaching and learning are two different things. And yeah. like when I emerged from that five-year experience back into the practical world of application, mm-hmm. I felt far more prepared than I was before I taught film. Uh, so, so work film, taught film, and now back into YouTube. How do you how do you teach film and never edit though? Uh, well, I actually taught uh, when I first got hired at Full Sail. It was because they were in desperate need of a lab instructor who could load film. So that's mm-hmm. how long ago this was, because we were actually still teaching the loading of actual and shooting of film because the digital age had not completely taken right, over. Right, right. Yeah, I went to school. Home for studio recording and we had to like that was part of like real how do real? you get the yeah how do you get the tape in there you <laughs> yeah. know and like yeah so crazy. uh so i i knew how to load these magazines i knew how uh-huh. to load the film and i was friends with the guys who were in charge of that department and so they hired me for temporarily and they found out that was just too much fun to fire because i definitely yeah. wasn't qualified so they decided to train me and i got trained <laughs> up and uh yeah one thing just led to another i had I uh, started to bloom as a uh, screenwriter uh-huh. uh, and a director uh, on campus. And uh, I don't know if you remember the Crash the Super Bowl commercial competitions, the Doritos commercial thing. That sounds thing, familiar. Where you can win a million dollars and then get to direct the next Avengers or whatever. I, I came in fifth. Holy in shit, dude. From a project that we shot down while I was down there. And so I started to realize, ah, I need to do my own thing. I'm stuck in this like like hypothetical world of, of trying to teach people ideas uh-huh. and yeah. I have so many of my own they're bursting I mean I must have came up with 20 ideas a day I think right. you're probably one of those types of people as well always thinking can't help but you mowing the yeah, lawn yeah. boom episode idea yeah, so, yeah yeah it didn't take long after coming up here working for these other YouTubers who were my age and about to retire financially I was like uh-huh. I need to do that right I'm just applying everything to this now and learning as I go. So, I mean, you took a totally different approach to the mountain bike YouTube space. I and mean, when you came in, I like the skits, so to speak, weren't really, that's not really something that other people were doing. Everybody was just, you know, POV and um, Seth was busy doing like Seth and uh, <laughs> nobody else can replicate that. And, and uh, he's, got it. he's got, he's got the niche, man. He really right. Lockdown. Yeah, no, but I, I mean, I, I think that it makes sense now to hear kind of your background and understand why your videos came the way that they did. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, one thing that I learned is that uh, if you show up with no plan, you're going to walk away with not much. Yeah, yeah. So, That's I mean, probably my a, problem. Well, if it's a vlog, <laughs> if it's a vlog, that's different because yeah. you just need to shoot, 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 film, 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 and make the camera feel like it's uh, another character or another buddy of yours yeah. that you're hanging out with. But but with the sketch stuff, that was something I was always practicing. And yeah, definitely the film background is is why that's kind of been my go-to. That's, you got to separate yourself. Yeah. Like you were saying. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I tried to do that just with F-bombs. It hasn't worked out very well. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody well, else is like... Know, I mean, I think we're cut from the same moral fabric. Uh, I think so, man. There's yeah. a good chance we might have been switched at we're the hospital. We're probably related. I mean, <laughs> have we not talked about this yet? Right? I wouldn't doubt it, man. My dad used to tour. He was like a... <laughs> One of those guys, you know, maybe right. you, your dad and him, they met up in some freaking God knows where. And I don't know how that comes into strippers and blow, but it probably happened. And then <laughs> no stories, let's be fair, end up with strippers and blow. Do you ever see the, those uh, outtakes uh, of uh, um, like bad news reporting stories going like the wrong way when they're like doing live? Oh, yeah. And there's this, there's this one that that's the reason I said that a minute ago, this, this lady is like, there's like a $500 million lottery. And she's like talking to this guy, filling out his ticket. And she's like, what would you do with the money? If you won? And he looks at her, like doesn't miss a beat. And it's just like, oh, strippers and blow. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh man. Do you ever think that women may not be just into you for the money? Well, <laughs> chicks that double up on a dude like me are. <laughs> Oh Lord, that's hilarious. So um you move up there to Asheville and you get yeah. started. I think that your videos did take a change once you moved up there. Like you definitely kind of like dug in more, I think, on the story and like I was I, thinking about would, this earlier. Yeah. Would it be safe strange. to say that like Bobo's a character as much as he is you? Yes. Ab well, absolutely. Like, uh, I think that was the first lesson that I learned about YouTube is that you gotta, you gotta be yourself first mm -hmm. and foremost, but then you gotta be yourself turned up to 11 and sometimes and oftentimes 12. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, I'm definitely a bit of a character of myself, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> oh you, yeah. It's, I, it's pretty much me. It's just a little bit turned up. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But what I guess I guess what I was getting at is like, I mean, it, you can tell that it's genuine because it's your your personality. You, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you're scripting it. So it's not like you're you're like, maybe you really are eating mushrooms in the middle of the, the woods at night, you know? <laughs> And but, there uh, it is. And there right. it is. See, like, that's the point. And see, now they don't know. They never know <laughs> I'm actually tripping or not. Right. But what I, what I was saying, though, is like, I think you, I don't know if it was like deciding to quit or working for that other YouTuber and like making the decision that you were going to be like super serious. But I think that your, your content definitely like it changed when you moved to Asheville. For sure. I tell you when it really changed was when I met Seth and BKXC Brian. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, I knew the sampler before uh, both of us got into YouTube. Mm -hmm. We actually met at a, a mountain bike for, uh, getaway in North Georgia, Mulberry Gap. Yeah, yeah. I've actually heard this before. He, he, he was, that. yeah, he was the tour guide, I think. Yep. And, yeah. uh, I don't believe either one of us were into YouTube much at that point. But uh, when he came back through Asheville, he was communicating with me because I had been making some weirder videos uh, mm -hmm. since I've been in Asheville. But the real like like match that lit a fire under my ass was when I went over to Seth's house. And I'm like, it's kind of surreal. I probably had 5,000 subscribers at that time mm -hmm. and uh, maybe three 
maybe two. Yeah. I don't know. But they were commenting on, on one, like probably the video where I trip shrooms in the woods. They're commenting on it. They're like, they're like, that was great. And Seth's like, so what's up, dude? You going to do this for real or what? You know, it's just, yeah. just like that. Uh, and Brian was like, yeah, man, you, you know, you got to got to do it every week and you got to do it like you're doing. It's, it's unique. It's original. Mm-hmm. And I went back home and just started like, yeah, you're like, oh, my God, I can't let these guys down. I promised them that I was going to do that. So that definitely lit a fire under my ass. So moving to Asheville. Fear the fear of like not being able to stay in Asheville because uh-huh. the Threadbanger thing, the other channel, might go away, uh-huh. and and these other guys motivating me definitely. But nothing motivates like necessity. Yeah, uh, yeah, like having I, to pay I, your bills. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't really want to stay in Asheville. I don't want to beg for my job back and go back to the hell that is Orlando. So uh-huh. we do whatever it takes to make this work. What's your uh, creative process like? How do you how do you go about mm. you know coming up with What's going to happen next week? Head injuries. I just blame head injuries. Like <laughs> definitely from all the concussions because it just sort of comes to me in a flash. Um, yeah. Oftentimes inspired uh, when I'm distracted doing mm-hmm. something tedious like vacuum in the house or cleaning mm-hmm. my bike uh, or half paying attention to a TV show. Uh, what I'm getting at to answer your question is I'm not very organized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh i know what tomorrow's episode is going to be it's going to be a mtb news which right. people seem to be digging yeah that's um, super but, fun but the next week i have not a clue uh so yeah hopefully i can get this thing edited tomorrow and then get out sunday and just start filming and figuring it out it's probably going to be a block huh so there's a lot of filming and figuring out and there's a lot of big projects that i have i have major like massive scripts that are just too big to do uh-huh. i'm just trying to figure out a time to do them uh, so there's there's that too. I have a bunch of projects that are just like seemingly too big uh-huh. to do. So I'm just trying to figure out when I can do it. What, what about your process? Are you like regimented? Like you oh, already man. know the next guy that's going to be on on uh, this channel, and you're doing two channels. Like yeah, yeah. Well, as far as this one goes, this one's pretty cut and dry, man. It's it's not too difficult, I and mean, it's just lining people up. I'm a natural talker, so like I don't have to like come up with questions or stress about whether or not I'm going to be able to carry the conversation, you know, just get on and, and just wing it. And then the as far as I like about your channel is that you do have the gift gab and yeah. uh, you always have something interesting to say and you're always in such a great mood. Oh, thank so you. Man. Let me just say that like you have, you know, you have my attention. I, I I'm a, I'm a patron by the way. Oh, sweet dude. In the house uh, oh, for yeah. a while now. Man, did I know that? Because oh, <laughs> so, so I support the channel, and uh, for good reason, because you're you're great on camera. I want to tune in and see what's going on. I appreciate that, man. I really do. I mean, we were talking beforehand, and uh, I don't. I, I mean, I would assume that it's the same no matter what level of success you're at. It, it's like peaks and valleys with with how you feel about YouTube, you know. And it's like, oh, absolutely. Some weeks you release a video and you get all these comments and you're like freaking the serotonin or whatever the hell it is, is pumping through your blank, your veins. And you're like, this is awesome. And then other weeks you're like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you know? miss. Yeah. And, and we were talking about this beforehand. Like it's the, it's that, um, you know, this is why people get jobs in the hospital because yeah. if you're an artist in any line of work that is considered art create music you create films you write a television show you act performance etc you know you're putting yourself out there each and every time and the job is never ending like there's never a moment where you should just be like wow i've reached the top that's it 
Yeah. You know, even the greatest filmmakers are still making films. They didn't just give up. Right. Uh, right. So uh, the, the thing, that's what's the, the irony of art is that it's one of the most fulfilling jobs you'll have, but it's also one of the most rip your heart out type of jobs. Right. Try being Van Gogh. That dude sold one painting. Right. <laughs> Andy cut right. his ear off for his girlfriend. You know, <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> but man, the right amount of whiskey and the big enough super chat, dude, I bet you I'm in. <laughs> I, I'm willing to bet that with what you just described, that's the recipe for a viral video until YouTube takes it down. Mm. I'm sure I'd screw the thumbnail up, man. I wouldn't get any views. <laughs> so that, and isn't that the irony? Don't you hate it when you put all this work into an episode and you're like, man, this is some really good stuff. I'm yeah. really proud of this work. People are going to love it. And, you know, you might actually get a ton of positive comments, but not a lot of views. And yeah. it, still, it, 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 it just stabs you right in the heart. And then yeah. you have, have to wonder, well, was it not as good as I thought it was? Or did I just fuck up the thumbnail? Yeah, yeah. And then you drastically try to change the thumbnail, which never works. Yeah, Not right. for me anyways. I guess right. some people, it must have, because otherwise, why would we do it? Right. Uh, yeah, you have to wonder. Like, you can't get them to watch if you don't get them to show up. Right, right. And the thumbnail ha and the title have to lead them all in. So. Yeah. I, I, I just, I think I'm just going to make a whole series of videos. It's like, if you don't click this, you're going to die. Now pass it on to five people and you'll make a million dollars. You know, I was like trying to find just assets for Mario Kart for an episode. I didn't need Mario Kart in the background. Uh -huh. I just went to, oh, tons of YouTubers playing Mario Kart. And this guy just like a million times was like, seriously, guys, stick around to the end. Seriously, guys, stick around to the end. Like a million times. Like it was either that or subscribe. And I'm just like, man, I'm not saying that enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's well, one of those did. things, you know, you always forget. I mean, at least for me, it's like my, um, I don't do many scripted videos, you, you know, like most of mine are kind of like, you, you were asking me about my, one. this recent yeah. one was a scripted one. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It definitely was. And it was, um, man, I tell you what, I have like a whole different level of respect for you after doing like a scripted video because it's just, oh my God, it, no, it's not easy. No, it's like so, so much filming that I did compared to like, go ride my bike, figure out the story, you know, maybe take some B-roll and I'm done. You, you know, like it, it was definitely like probably two solid days of, of filming just to get what I got. Like I, I did one day at first, then you get back and you're looking at your footage and you're like, oh, great. That camera wasn't in focus. And then you're like, oh, the audio is all fucked up over there. That's oh, great. You know, like that, that, that hurts. So, bad. yeah, that hurts so hard. So uh, what <clears throat> what was what was it like directing uh, talent, telling people what to say, where to stand and how to do it? You know, it it's the, I think it's the second one that I've done. Uh, generally speaking, yeah, because I did the Moonlight Leatherfoot video, too. That was epic yeah that was scripted it was real life scripted but it was it was pretty easy just to follow what we did before but um this one it, you know a lot of it was me um my daughter helped a lot she she was the pizza delivery girl and uh we had fun so it, it, i think well that's a big part of it if you can just keep everyone uh, engaged in doing it like oh yeah. this is fun to do we're having fun while we make it 
then you're winning the battle because a lot of mountain bikers don't traditionally like to be on camera in general. Yeah. It definitely sees up with the scripted stuff. You wouldn't believe how many lines uh, no breaks Nate trips over. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely understand what you're saying there. Moonlight was that way when we filmed that, that video, <laughs> I was like, all right, say this dude. Like it's exactly what you said. And somehow he could say it in a manner where it sounded like it wasn't even him. I'm like, dude, this is yeah, you. Right. You said that. How can you not say this now? Right. <laughs> and now without a Swedish accent. Right. <laughs> why, why did you why did you do that? Why did you do that <laughs> Where did that come <laughs> from? Oh God. Eddie, Eddie used to just like launch into a Canadian accent. I'm just like, no, no. <laughs> That's me, man. I've been stuck on film sets and I've worked 24 hour days. I've really yeah. worked 24 hours once on the film set. It was an independent piece of shit movie. They were, yeah. that's illegal to do, but I did it. So I know what it's like. The shots add up. And I know you have to, man, when you're doing it for the first time, you start to find out, good Lord, 24 shots. That takes yeah. a long time. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you got to stay on it for sure. I'm always interested to hear uh, people, uh, because anyone can be a filmmaker. You just have to try and you just have to learn and fail and keep trying. I think my biggest problem is that I don't really write a script. So like everything that I do, I usually am just coming up with it as I'm doing it. Yeah. Like, well, that is a, uh, let me just tell you right now, that is a very common ailment yeah. in the process. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I was teaching, uh, uh, film students in college, that was almost always the problem is that they wanted this awesome thing, but they didn't know exactly how to yeah. get the proper work done before filming so that they could walk away with, with what they wanted. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm starting to learn it. Yeah, I think one of the things that helped was, you know, when I first started my channel, I didn't want, I, I, I really wanted the channel to be focused on like, like the character, whether it's me or it's my friend. And like, as I was watching other people's mountain bike videos at that time, I found myself like, I just wanted to know more about the person. So like when I started my channel, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be riding bikes, but I'm going to try to like, just talk the whole time, whether I'm talking about what's going on here or whatever, you know? So that was kind of my focus. And I always wanted to be like capturing that and not make it sound like it was thought out ahead of time, you know? And since I'm good off the cuff, it worked out that way, but, and I never did, Beer I never, right. And I never did um, any voiceovers. So like everything that was in my video was always something that I said while I was out. Right. And once I started doing voiceovers and you know, as well as I do, you can't wing those man, because you get halfway through a sentence and you'll like stumble some word for some reason. Like yeah. you have to type it out. You, you know what I mean? It's better that way. I mean, yeah. oftentimes, oftentimes I will just wing it on my phone. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, what, what might I say? I'm like, yeah. Okay, cell phone out blah 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 garbage it out and then it's always funny how five minutes later it occurs to you how to edit what you said and then i write it down yeah yeah and i don't even watch the clip again but i have all like tons of clips on my phone of me just like talking while i'm driving like this would be a great idea we should <laughs> terminator episode with e-bikes <laughs> that that's a, gold that's one, the, that's one of those big ones that i've that i got planned yeah but, uh, just haven't made time for it yet so, so what, do you have an aspiration of doing like like something like really big, like yeah. like a thirty minutes or an hour or like 
I want to do a full length feature. Yeah. Cause that's what I did. I wrote feature films, uh-huh. uh, a feature film. I wrote a zombie comedy, uh, based in the old West. And oh, my- you had me at zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Basically Shaun of the dead, uh, in the old West. Uh, oh, right on. And my buddy uh, partner who helped me write it is actually in LA still trying to get it sold and getting it in the hands of interesting people. But yeah, uh, you know, I keep thinking to myself in terms of a business, like if I can get this thing big enough to attract the right attention and someone were to offer me an opportunity, that opportunity would definitely be a mountain bike feature film and not Mm -hmm. a documentary or as Nate would say, a documentary, Mm -hmm. uh, not a documentary either. I want to do a comedic film starring Zach Galifianakis and Danny McBride. Mm-hmm. Uh, two best friends who think that they're the best writers ever until they mm-hmm. go to and see what real writers are. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a buddy movie road trip of a lifetime kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I think that in terms of the biggest project, uh, that it wouldn't necessarily be reserved for YouTube. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I would like to write, produce, and direct a full length feature film. That would be fun. Yeah, uh, what about sound- you? Uh, do you have anything like that uh, for like on, on the YouTube side or? Man, you know, I would like to do. I think I would like to like put together like a full on documentary. Like you know, like installments, like part one, part two, part three, part four. No, I mean, I'd like to actually go through the process of like, hey, here's a hour and a half freaking documentary about whatever, yeah. right? You could get away with an hour fifteen these days. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's but I think it would be fun. I I just don't like, I feel like honestly, I need to go and start taking some classes to learn more than what I can by trial and error, as well as um, watching YouTube videos, you know? Uh, I well, a tutelage will never go uh, uh, against you. I mean, it's it's always best to have as much information going into what you're doing as possible. I wouldn't be able to play the guitar like I can now. If it wasn't for taking lessons, actual lessons from this guy who was really amazing at teaching. Right. Um, and you don't really have to look too far. I've actually been proactively seeking continuing my education mm-hmm. uh, because you learn something different from every filmmaker. Yeah. No, like archetype filmmaker. Yeah. Person sitting at the top. There's only different things. And uh, there's this one guy on YouTube named Peter McKinnon. Yeah, I know who he is. I watch him all the time. He's one of the guys, uh, Jack Septikai. Uh, Paul the Punter turned me on to a lot of these people. Uh-huh. Uh, but I found a lot of really, really talented filmmakers who like to share their secrets uh, on YouTube. And, man, I stalk those channels down. And I I even take stand-up comedy classes now, now and then online. Really? So watch a YouTube video on stand-up comedy. And oh, right on. Things will, like, oh, click. And you're like, oh. <laughs> that's why i'm funny oh <laughs> Get it now. Uh, right i used to tell my students i was like people say that comedy is the hardest genre to write i say those people just ain't funny and it's, <laughs> that's another part of it too like you also have to have sort of an ability with it and you have a really good ability to tell a story uh there's nothing wrong with going out and finding a couple new creative ways like sound design i recently took a Peter McKinnon's tutorial on sound design and it really changed how I edit my B-roll. 
So what do you like? You signed up for some like like extra classes that he does? No, I just go to his channel and you're like, just watching all the stuff on his channel. Okay, yeah, yeah. like he's like, this is how I did sound design for this film, or yeah, like, no, hey, he's Paul, so good, dude. Paul that guy's like right so now. inspiring too. Uh, I, he said it would be awesome if I was a little louder, so I'll just sit up. There we go. Bam. I like that for louder, Paul. Paul's my pineapple brother. We got. The, <laughs> there you go. So funny that I. Paul and I share uh, the same tattoo, uh, but yeah, no, uh, he turned Paul actually turned me on to Peter McKinnon and a bunch of other YouTube filmmakers. And I have learned this injury that I went through provided me with a lot of downtime. And in that downtime, I learned so much Yeah, uh, from all these different guys. So yeah, I, I encourage you to, to, to look into some people. Find someone that you like. and Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely watch a lot of Peter McKinnon stuff. He's really good because I started checking him out when I bought a legit camera because he's like, you know, always talking about all these different camera tricks and things of that nature. So he got my attention there. You know what I was thinking about doing was uh, the, um, oh, crap. Now I'm going to totally, the Masterclass. Have you seen that? Oh, I love Masterclass. Are you kidding me? Oh, man. They had a deal where it's like buy one membership, get two. And I was like showing the lady. She's a... My lady is like a really freaking phenomenal cook. So like for her, I was like, hey, check this out. You could like take these classes from, you know, so-and-so Peter Ram or what's the name? Gordon Ramsay. And, yeah. you know, and and for me, I was like, dude, this would be intriguing just to hear like, you know, Martin Scorsese talk about how to make a film. You know, oh, like I, I take notes on those commercials. Yeah, like, right. We had commercial from after class. <laughs> right. I was like, Steve Martin. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm taking notes. Yeah. Um, because yeah, uh, ma yeah, masterclass. Uh, I think I'm gonna join you on that. I'm gonna get a subscription to that shit. It's probably really expensive. I have no, no idea. No, it wasn't that much. It was it was like 180 bucks for a year. Like really, like yeah. And dude, some things I'm so frugal on. It's like, dude, honestly, like I'll go drop, you know, 500 bucks or a thousand bucks on a new fork, and then I'm like, 180 dollars for this class? It's gonna teach me how to like. Dude, YouTube that I love so much better. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. They got some they got some priceless information in there. And right? yes, Paul, yeah. yes, Paul, I like ice in my water. I'm an American. What, what, oh man, he must be European, right? Well, they don't like a lot of ice. Some no, they don't. I, I was raised in the dirty South, and yeah. uh, we drank sweet tea. So you have to get water in there somehow. So you have to overload it with ice. When I when I I used to live in Germany. And uh, they don't do ice much either. You know, like those little tiny cubes that are like a centimeter by a centimeter. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like that, like come from an ice vending machine. You go to the German like restaurant, and you're like, "Oh, can I get some ice in there?" And they're like, "Oh yeah." And they come back, and there's like three of those floating in the top, like already half melted from the trip from the kitchen back. And you're like, "What is wrong with you?" No, like fill the glass up with ice, then put whatever liquid inside of it. That's what I want. You know, and they just look at you like you are freaking insane. What is wrong with you? <laughs> so I guess that living in Germany must have had its perks like Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a good dude. There's uh, this is the thing. at a young age. Yeah. That, I mean, that's probably the main reason that I went there. I was like graduating from high school. I'm like, man, I could go to college. See, or I think I, I, I think you I would recruit you for a drinking team. If yeah, you had to do a beer fest situation. 
Yeah, that would definitely be a good. I'm sorry, investment. I interrupt you. No, you, it's you good. Think about dude. going to college or? Yeah, no, I was like, go to college or join the military and uh, go drink in Germany for a few years. I'm like, I'm in. So <laughs> army, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was that was the trick, man. Cool, man. That's cool. Suck what did you do? In, what did you do in the army? <laughs> so I went into the recruiter and I was like, I want to be a psychologist, and he's like, Oh, cool. Take this test. So I take this test, and they're like you scored really high. We would like you to be in military intelligence mm -hmm. and um, do this job called a linguist. Meanwhile, the recruiter was an infantry guy telling me all these fucking cool ass stories about his time in blowing shit up and shooting all these guns. Right. And I'm there and they're telling me this like awesome job that could, you know, lead to a great career. And I'm like, no, I want to be in the infantry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I want to jump out of a plane with a machine gun. <laughs> yeah. Like, Van Damme would. The like, guy looked at me. I, I kid you not. He looked at me and he's like, no, I don't think you understand. This is a really good job. And I'm like, yeah. I don't think you understand. I'm not signing that paper unless I'm going to the infantry and you're guaranteeing me that I'm going to Europe. And they're <laughs> like, well, we're not going to do that. And I'm like, okay, cool. I left. And then like a day later or two days later, they call me up. Guess what, man? We found that job. <laughs> right. And, uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Lo and behold, next thing you know, I'm in Bosnia getting struck by lightning, right? So, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, good times, man. <laughs> I bet. I bet there were some wild times had in the military. Oh, yeah. Sure. No, it's definitely, um, it, it was It was really fun. I always say it was the best and the worst time of my life. You're like, best friends you'll ever have, worst management ever. I mean, imagine if your boss could make you do push-ups. And like, if you don't listen to him, you can get grounded to your room for a month and he can take your paycheck away. You, you know, like, <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. It's, it's just not fun, man. He could <laughs> order the whole platoon, everyone right. in your office to beat you with socks right. and right. towels. <laughs> so when I, I, went I was in, explaining this to my wife the other day, I was like, yeah, no rights. Your rights yeah. are gone. Yeah. Here are your rights. They're gone. Yeah. You got to do what they say. Yeah. <laughs> if you go into the military. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I, um, I, when I got out, my, my squad leader you know, gave us a little speech or whatever. And he said, yeah, when Schumacher got here, he was acting like, like he's some kind of civilian. I was like, I'm gonna make a soldier out of this kid. And today Schumacher's going back to the States, still a civilian. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. Lovely. Uh, Apparently, I didn't learn much, but uh. yeah. <laughs> it was a good time, man. It was a really good time. So I don't know how we got off onto that kick, man. I had, I had something really, like, really cool and intriguing to talk about. I don't remember what it was now. <laughs> Cooler than military service? I don't know. I think there was know. probably some pretty cool stuff going on in Germany. Yeah. Um, oh, we I'm, were talking about the drinking in the fest. That's what it was. Yeah. So this is the deal, man. Everybody always is like, dude, Oktoberfest. If you live in Germany, every city has some sort of fest. Like it's basically right. like Oktoberfest isn't even a real thing. It's just yeah. like it, it no, it is. I mean oh, it is, but it's like yeah. but it's like there is like wine fest and there's like grape Tuesday fest, and there's like like there's like a fest season. And it's you can go from city to city to city. Oktoberfest, otherwise yeah. known as Thursday. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Germans are professional there, drinkers, yeah. 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 Their sure. beer over there is something else, mm -hmm. but yeah. I would love to go spend some time in, in Germany. 
Yeah, it's a good time, man. I don't know if you like history, dude, but there's you know, there's a boatload of that, you yeah. Know, so. Big history buff, super fun to see all that stuff. You know, that was the one cool thing about being over there. I mean, we used to do this thing where the, the train station is called the Bonhoff. We'd go down to the Bonhoff if we had like a four day weekend and it would just no clue where we were going, just get there and whatever's leaving next. That's what we're buying a ticket for, you know. And nice, yeah, it was fun, man. It was, it was a good time to get travel around. And I, um, went to Paris, slept in a car for like a weekend. That was great. <laughs> Cause we were always really good at like making plans of going places, but not making plans of where we're actually going to sleep. Right. When, when you're like 21, you're like, Oh man, we'll just go meet some girls, some locals. They'll, we'll stay at their house. It'll work out. We'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we don't need money or yeah. anything. <laughs> slept on a park bench in, in Berlin for the same reason. I mean, just, <laughs> Sounds like you've lived, Robert. Yeah, no, it's good times, man. I'll tell you what, Amsterdam, though, that place is a mess. You get up there, you're like, oh, I'm going to make some plans. And then a bunch of time goes by, and you're like, I'm just getting back on the tram. Going. I'm, <laughs> Am I still I, in the same shroom <laughs> bar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving right now. Just get back on the train, and hopefully reality comes back by the time we get to Germany. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, so, Amsterdam is definitely on my short list. Um, that's definitely another thing about this whole YouTube thing. I I, I didn't expect um, it to work because I think guys around our age are a lot, a little more pessimistic than guys 10, 15 years younger than us right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, uh, but I guess cynical is more the word. And, you know, you're just like doing this thing and, and then all of a sudden it starts to work and it gets bigger and bigger and it, and it opens up all kinds of opportunities. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one definitely one dream going back to your question earlier in terms of just like for YouTube is that mm -hmm. for me personally, it'll unlock that traveling opportunity mm -hmm. that I missed out on by not joining the army. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. I, so you'd I, like to travel around and, and film for the, for the channel? Well, yeah, I think um, there's uh, definitely a lot of allure and the sophistication of experiencing other cultures and uh, yeah. getting drunk in other cultures yeah. uh, and getting just shit faced, cross-eyed, fucked right. up in other cultures. And yeah. I, I want to know what that's like. I want to know what it's like to fall on my face in Brazil and yeah. in Australia. I want to know what the ground feels like in Amsterdam. <laughs> I had uh. not fell in enough countries. I had a pretty good tumble in Canada with Paul. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, um, Paul, Paul told me the other day that he quit drinking for like three months after hanging out with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were walking through the village of Whistler the next day and he was so angry. He was like, wasted a whole day rotting because my head is just swelling. And <laughs> we like stop and I look and I see this chick that we saw the night before at the club. And she's like looking at her full face helmet. She looks, she sees us. She's like, she sees Paul. You were so drunk last night. <laughs> and then we walk away. <laughs> That's great classic. Moment. Great moment. Yeah, uh, we got twisted because we started the day with the uh, margaritas and then it just like whew, a couple Went downhill quick, real quick. But it was an epic night. In Whistler, for sure. I was watching some of your older stuff the other day just to like kind of remember, you know, some of the stuff that you've put out. And 
the one with the hangover I was watching and I was like, man, I know that <laughs> feeling. Like, what a great idea for a video. I like, had to do something for content. And that's literally what happened. I went out there and just barfed. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I was so hungover and like those, it was 100 degrees and the full face helmet and the braking bumps. I was yeah. like, that second shuttle up, I just hopped off. I was like, someone get my bike. And we're like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep, this is going to be an episode. Yeah, I've had, um, I got like a top three list of like biggest hangovers in my mountain biking life. And never is it a fun day being on the bike when you're just like hurting so bad. No, I just won't do it. Yeah, I, I par- apparently like have this like stupid gene. So it's just like, I was familiar with that. I have a, a video that was called, um, Friel's fat frat. Ugh, I can't even talk Friel's flatliner. And basically like I went up to Tahoe, I got freaking hammered with like this 23 year old, you know, um, what do they call that? Red bull rampage rider. Like just this like young kid that can just get up and and bounce back better than like a 40 year old fat dude. And so it's like, we party all night long and then we go up there and we do this climb that takes you up to like 10,000 feet. And, and I'm just like, like four hours of sleep in a tent, you know, drunk sleep that doesn't really good do well. And I remember climbing up the hill and of, of course I'm, I'm used to being in the back of the pack, but I was in the like, even even the bears are like, I'm not gonna eat that dude. Something, <laughs> you know, like something is wrong. He's a funny color. Yeah, I was standing there on the side of the trail. I'm not even lying. When I, I remember thinking to myself, if I just throw myself down this hill right now, like I could sleep for a couple hours until they find me. Like, <laughs> it was yeah, like the there. worst day of my life, man. Yeah, so, for sure. But of course, it wasn't the last one. So I just nope, and it won't be. It won't be yeah. the last one either. Yeah. It's the weekend. It's yeah. right now the weekend. You could you could top yourself tonight. Yeah, I know, right? I got a big ride tomorrow. I definitely. Oh man, I, I don't want to okay. fall into that one again. Ooh, good luck to you, sir. Right, I'm screwed. I gotta wake up. And, <laughs> I gotta wake up and edit all fucking day. I've been editing and filming all fucking day. I've been editing yeah. and filming since eight o'clock this morning, and I stopped at about six thirty, just enough time to get dinner. Whoa, that is a low airplane. <laughs> They're not uh, supposed to be in your bedroom, dude. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> My new drone's here. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping I can make light work uh, of the of the episode tomorrow so I can get out for a ride. And Kevin Maldado <laughs> says, are you guys brothers? See, someone finally said it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know... Probably. you know. Um, Richard from Stickard. Have you ever seen him in my videos? Yes, I think I. Everybody no. thinks that he is like, oh yeah, I are related, yeah. or they think that he's me. Like I actually <laughs> had him do the yeah, what's up that. YouTube at the beginning of a video. Nobody, people <laughs> didn't even realize that it wasn't wasn't me. Paul, even when we were in Sedona, Paul came up to him and is like, "What's up, YouTube?" Oh, and and Richard hilarious. just looked at him. He's like, "I'm not Robert." <laughs> that's hilarious. I wish. Oh man, I wish I knew that. Paul was like had his burnt, had his, had it locked and loaded, and he fires it at the wrong guy. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's good oh, stuff. Man. Good stuff. Paul, <laughs> God damn it! 
So um, what's the what's the video that you made that you love the most? <sighs> wow. Um, that is very that is a very difficult question to answer. I don't know that I've made it yet. Yeah. Uh, I think it's I think the, my favorite one is going to be. Uh, it, it's probably. Um, God, that's an impossible question. That's hard. That's hard to answer. That's I, very, I usually go for question. like, you know, whenever I get drunk, I watch my own videos. So I'm like, ah, this is the one I'm going for. So that's okay. Usually- well, this is a weird. So uh, this might be not the my go to for when I'm in that mood and I want to watch a, uh, uh, one of my episodes that I love. I know it's going to make me f- have all the feels and feel good. Uh-huh. Is Nate's bachelor party when we went to Colorado? Uh-huh. Uh huh. To this day. And it doesn't have like the most views, but yeah. um, that doesn't really matter to us, does it? Like we have this special yeah. place in our heart for those memories. Yeah, and, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, uh, when we went to Keystone for Nate's bachelor party, that, that video, I, I love it. Uh, to, we sw- we swam in a glacier lake. You know, we parted our asses off. We rode uh, this awesome park in Keystone, and um, yeah, it, it, it was also just commemorating an epic moment in my best friend's life yeah and yeah one thing that we always talk about and laugh about is like man just just think we documented every weekend of our lives for the last two three years like we can always yeah. look back at this and like remember all these memories very specifically yeah and uh for me personally that one that one uh, uh is one of my all-time faves yeah i'm with you there That that's one of the things that i always say like even if like YouTube amounts to nothing, you know, like the, at the very core, like I've documented the shit out of my life. Like, like I could be dead and my grandchildren, my great grandchildren, like somebody could be like, dude, your great grandpa was fucking hilarious. Hey, They're check this out. This right now, 5,000 years <laughs> in the future, your ancestors. Right. What's up motherfuckers? How's Mars? <laughs> it's right? kind of crazy to think about it, but you've kind of immortalized yourself in a way uh, with a huge bulk of content that for probably no reason will ever be removed right. from the internet. In fact, I plan on getting a interactive uh, touch screen on my tombstone where you can watch any episode or just have it playing uh on a on loop there you yeah, go on loop. yeah yeah why not? i mean think of all the hours of, of episodes we've we've created so right yeah. and your watch time you'll still be getting paid <laughs> paid from the grave right i love it i want that google adsense right <laughs> give me that google adsense so that was the best one what was what was the worst what's the worst episode yeah. i ever made probably the hangover <laughs> Um, well, uh, probably the editing tutorial. Yeah. Because I had this original idea. I did a video on called how to edit like a pro. Mm -hmm. And I had this original idea of doing this whole sketch video. Like it was Mm going to start with me walking down the street with Kevin steady spin Uh and going, all right, first off to be an editor, you have to be very particular. You got to learn to hate everything. Like check Mm -hmm. this out. Fuck this guy's shirt. That girl's ugly. This painting sucks. And you know, and everyone's just yeah, getting yeah. offended as I'm walking down the street. Right. And I don't know, something in me changed. And I was like, I started watching a lot of Peter McKinnon. Yeah. I was like, Maybe I should do a legit tutorial and see if I can't bring in an outside audience 
yeah. uh, outside in the mountain bike world and educate people on what I do a little bit. Right. Uh, I had all this ambition for it. Um, I really thought I did a genuine job and it didn't do terrible. I just, mm-hmm. my biggest regret was not going with my first instinct. Mm-hmm. I think that they often say that, you know, go with your first instinct <clears throat> and oh, that enchilada it's coming up. Yeah. Uh, but that, that, that was probably my biggest regret was not following that instinct and making it into a much better episode. Oddly enough, you didn't make that video. So I'm pretty sure you still can. What's that? I said, oddly enough, you didn't make that video. So I'm pretty <sighs> sure you still can. I probably can, but I, f- I fear I've ruined, I've, or at least tarnished the uh, concept on my channel. Like people, you know, you get one shot at that, uh, that, but maybe, 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 maybe later on uh, people yeah, yeah, give time, yeah. give people time to forget. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe we'll try again. Is, is there one that you like try to do over and over again and it just never works out? I've filmed a night writing video like probably six or seven oh. times. And well, every time I go to edit, I'm like, nope, this sucks. Well, that's <laughs> just the thing. Uh, there are certain unwritten and quite mysterious uh, rules about uh, YouTubing. And one of those rules is you don't do night videos. Yeah. They always fail. I saw Mahalo, my dude, did a night video. And they did it beautifully. It was so right. well done. And it had like 35,000 views. Right. And those guys usually they, get that in like the first hour, oh, right? Yeah. You know? well, I mean, they do what you expect better than that for sure. Yeah. And for whatever reason, whenever I talk to any other YouTuber, they're always like, oh, yeah, night videos always fail. Uh, I yeah. wish I tried to make a good one. My first one, my first ever night ride video where I mm-hmm. pretend to have gotten lost, or I actually I did get lost and had to build a shelter and survive off shrooms for the night. That was a good but, one. It was it was a good one, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, people do not want to watch night videos. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? I'm sure Seth. I mean, I think Seth did do a night video. I'm sure his did well. That guy. Maybe. I remember. I remember talking to him about night videos. I was like, "Oh yeah, no, that's the death of a of a video. Right. That that shit ain't gonna work." He's right. Yeah, because he did that thing. Well, I mean, I don't think the whole video was a night video because it, it might have been the same video where he was like testing the lights and dropping the Chinese ones in the bucket of water. And I don't remember. Well, I he do does remember. have he does have a ravenous audience. So if yeah. you're right, if there is someone who could pull it off, it would be Seth because yeah. they they let I me. Mean, have you seen his other channel, Burn Peak? Yeah, Holy like here. Shit. I, I've said this in the past that I'd watch that guy like install a toilet like yeah. basically it's just a great story a tree. yeah a tree. Yeah. yeah apparently i saw that and uh watched him make a fucking omelet for his dog i'm like oh this is great i'm, I'm actually I'm, not getting up i'm gonna the watch thumbnail this. is so goddamn good how can i not <laughs> how does he make it how how is his thumbnail for a um, omelet for his dog better than like every thumbnail i've done it's right. amazing <laughs> uh, secret. What, are you, what are you doing what are you doing over there i need to know so, um, tell me about how it felt when you, you messed up your so- shoulder, like well, what was going through your mind after the, the pain kind of went away? Well, the first thing that came out of my mouth is, is almost like the impact, like forced this out of my mouth was it's fucked. Like as soon as I hit the ground, I said, it's fucked. Like yeah. I knew it was fucked. I just didn't know what extent. It was fucked. Um, and I, a lot of people ask like, oh man, I bet you regret not having that on camera. If people knew the dialogue that I exchanged 
Steady Spin and Paul the Punter. Um, they would also be glad that the cameras were not rolling because it was yeah. very unbecoming. It was not a side of me I would care to share. I probably wouldn't have wanted to edit that. And yeah. I wouldn't have shared it with people because I said some pretty dark things in that moment. Like, yeah. I don't want to ride my bike anymore. Like, yeah. I said that probably eight times on the way back to the truck. And, oh, wow. Because uh, I knew uh, I knew that I'd, I guess I'd put so much pressure on myself to provide, be a provider for my family and mm -hmm. keep us here and safe and sound in Asheville with no problems. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing such a great job and everything was trending so far up. And I knew all I was more focused on the setback mm -hmm. in my career at that moment than anything else. And it, I don't know. I just like was heartbreaking to think that just in, a, in, in an instance of one mistake that I had jeopardized being able to be a provider anymore. And now I was a burden. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of dark things went through the, through my mind, but, um, uh, you know, after surgery and that just knowing that the arm was kind of back together, mm -hmm. uh, the mind started churning along, getting, yeah. getting better. And, and you had, I, if I wasn't surrounded by so many awesome people, I would have been fucked. Yeah, for sure. I, um, had an injury similar and, uh, I know exactly what you're saying. As soon as I hit the ground, like I knew instantly this is bad. Like that sound doesn't happen on a normal fall, you know? And um, I think that the thing that was so bittersweet was the first time getting back on the bike. So it was like yeah. six months of not being on a bike at all. And like, getting back on the bike that's like my you know that's my prozac you know what i mean like that's yeah. my like my my therapy you know and i remember just being so happy that i was on the bike on the yeah. trail and at the same time so upset that like all of my skill was gone and like i had no stamina because like this shoulder just couldn't hang you know yeah. it just like it took a while for it to like get back to like, hey, I can actually like you know bomb down this hill and do you this have ride. To, you know, you have to remind yourself this is a real shoulder again. It yeah. worked fine. Um, yeah, um, I've been running and trying to do like really hitting the physical therapy hard before my first ride back with Nate, mm -hmm. and uh, I actually cleaned the entire climb all the way up to the top of Ridgeline uh, for the first time ever. Yeah, um, I normally would stop always so i was like well i guess i did something right but right. i wasn't sure how i was going to go with the descending yeah. and once i started following nate it's like once you start following your buddy yeah. and you see all that oh there's a hard it looks like fun yeah. and then you just do it and you're like yes i can still do this and you start to believe because i can watch the video back of my first ride and the first descent i'm kind of like okay kind of getting to the air second descent i'm just like yeah almost back to full full tilt you know yeah so i'm just now i'm in that weird area of risk management trying to figure out when i can go back to the park or when i can go uh, to this trail that i want to go to but it's got a lot of tabletops or the riveter you know there's a fucking brand new indoor like dream mountain bike facility open in my uh in my town called the riveter oh wow and it is just dreamy but the jumps are gigantic and uh -huh. i'm just like i really want to go to there but it might be uh it might be too soon so i'm trying to figure all that out right now yeah and and keep keep the viewers engaged in this story because i think um 
that might be one thing that is super important in the YouTube game. A lot of people don't talk about is having a story that people follow from week to week. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that is definitely one of the blessings of coming back emerging. Yeah. And uh, thank you, uh, Dan Ziggity, uh, saying that uh, he thought my non-writing videos were great uh, because I went down, I went down some weird paths there too and tried a lot, learned a lot, uh, experimental stuff. Uh, but I'm glad to, I'm really glad to be back on the bike, not just for riding, but be able to like get back to uh, the content that I want to make. I feel like um, every time somebody has an injury, like you see them go through this thing of where they feel like their channel is going to like lose its momentum and whatever. And then they actually don't do that bad as long as they just make some videos and like their audience is there and backing them up. And I feel like it's one of those things where you can like give the advice of like, dude, all you need to do is like do this other kind of content. You'll be fine. Like it's not that big of a deal. And you can give that advice, but you can't like take it whenever it's you. You, it's you know what I mean? Thing amongst most people though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no it's know? true. It is true. And uh, yeah, it is a very, it was a, ma a major concern. It still is. It's like uh, missing the consistency. Yeah. Um, I'm like trying to like, convince myself that you know as long as i can i actually have a daily mantra uh -huh. about this very thing because we talked a lot about the struggle the mental game of youtube tonight because mm -hmm. we can relate it's you're not a youtuber unless you want to quit three four times a week day yeah. hour yeah, yeah. Talk about that. but i have this daily mantra i say every every day most times uh stay patient trust the process don't give up. Mm -hmm. uh, stay patient. Trust the process. Don't give up. So I just like looking at it like on a long enough time timeline that uh, I will get back to that every week content schedule. It's tough. It's tough to maintain. Mm -hmm. uh, but you just got to not let it bother you when you miss a day or a week here and there. You are a person. So check this out. Alex has a question that he reminded me. I didn't know that. I, I actually wanted to ask you this. Where did Bobo come from? <laughs> okay uh well um so my uh actual name is uh lambert my real name is lambert lambert yeah. Mixon. and yeah. i've always been called a lot of nicknames you you, you that spun a ton of nicknames lambert like lambo <laughs> lambardus lamb chop lamborghini lambo yeah. field uh but most I'm sure you just loved that name as a kid. You were like, thanks a lot. Oh, oh man. It was so popular assholes. in elementary school when they showed <laughs> yeah. them uh, my class, Lambert the Sheepish Lion. Oh, there you go. That'll freaking knock it out of the park. I mean, I was already getting my ass kicked for being the smallest kid in the class. So, like, yeah. let's like double that up right away. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, got, kids are good at like just bagging on everybody, man. Yeah. And in, in South Carolina, they're good at punching you in the face. Really <laughs> weird. Um, oddly so enough, always, I like that now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck you guys. You to be uh, but um, so Lamb Lambert became Lambo, like uh -huh. Rambo or Lambo right. Field, and uh, eventually my my good buddy Jason Small, who I was a groomsman for his wedding and I went to college with, um, started calling me Bobo out of nowhere. And I had started the YouTube thing and finally we came back to Asheville or from Asheville to visit them. And he was like, dude, why haven't you called your channel biking with Bobo? 
And I was like, well, cause you're the only one who calls me Bobo. <laughs> so, but then it clicked and I was just like, okay, uh, let's do that. Um, that makes sense. And so this, the channel was just like Lambert Mixon. Before. It was just Lambert Mixon. Yeah. And then yeah. I changed it to biking with Bobo and now I'm Bobo. I've spent my whole life trying to get out of being named Lambert. <laughs> and I finally have fucking everything. Yeah. Everything. I can I make videos for a living. I ride my bike uh to make money and uh, and my name is now Bobo. Yeah, you had the opportunity to rebrand yourself as like something really fucking cool. And and instead you came up with Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> I gave it a shot. Dude. You only get one shot. Uh you know it, it's just easy to say like the alliteration is two syllables. Like oh yeah, no, kids can awesome. say it. Like I'm 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 everyone's favorite uncle. Because yeah. the kid can remember my fucking name. They can remember right. Bobo. They're like, Bobo? It's like a cartoon character. They're like, right. well, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, Oddly so. enough, Bobo is like a cartoon character. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. So um, what was it whenever you started the channel that like made you want to do the skit stuff? Because I think if I remember correctly, I do remember the Lambert Mixon days. You were kind of doing a little bit of the like regular POV kind of stuff in Florida. And so somewhere yeah. you, you switched gears. What was uh, the reason? Well, um, I, I got, uh, I don't know, uh, a bug up my ass about the Boy Scout nature of the mountain bike presence on YouTube and how clean cut everybody was because my experience was vastly different. Yeah. When I went out, we got drunk and we said things that would make sailors blush. And it was nothing but perverted dudes talking shit out yeah. their ass and being loud and assholes to each other. And I never saw that on, on, on YouTube. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like, where's all that good shit? And I was like, yeah. I'm going to go start documenting that and showing that side of mountain biking because that's my favorite part. And yeah, no I one's think, doing that. I think you and I both started as channels under that same premise. Yeah. And I, I yeah, people always make the correlation between your channel and, and mine. It's, 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 usually it's like one of them's really good, one of them not so much. <laughs> Come on. One of them's good looking, one of them not so much. Come on. <laughs> I one of them gray, you. one of them not so much. You 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 got a little bit more in there than me. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I'm all right yeah. with it. Yeah, I'm so, fine with it. Yeah, and I'm. I, I think you and I have both the uh, the beard overnight gene too, because I've noticed yeah. you you drop the gene the the beard and like a couple of days later it's back. And yeah, I'm about to go shave this after this because I got to wake up in the morning and uh, finish filming uh, uh, tomorrow's MTV News. So it's oh, airing tomorrow, and I haven't even finished filming it. There so you I got I got to do some uh, guest appearances. Isn't it funny that that's closet. how it goes? You got like. That that was part of the reason with the uh, the uh, last video that I did. I was like, oh man, I gotta get this filmed, or I gotta be able to trim my beard again to make it look like it did when I. Oh, I gotta do my laundry. That's right. I gotta wear that shirt that I had on that day, and it just makes everything take forever. I could imagine if I was actually doing a, like a feature film, it would it would be like sixty years in the making. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's an act of attrition uh i think the feature film that i wrote was like 135 pages uh because it roughly translates to like a minute per page oh, and wow. we did like 25 drafts mm -hmm. uh so yeah it's it's and then it still didn't get bought it almost got bought but you know it's a lot of work so the one that you were talking about that's being shopped around out in out in la 
kill him let's twice. Just, let's just say that like tomorrow you get the phone call and they're like, dude, I got us funded. Like we can make it. Yeah. What happens to the channel? Channel would have to probably go on pause uh, or I would try probably initially I would try to document my experience of that and, and just roll out vlogs, maybe even hire an editor uh, mm -hmm. that I trust here to do it. But uh, I don't know. Um, I really haven't thought about that. Um, I've always thought that my YouTube channel was going to lead me to other things. But mm -hmm. then once the YouTube channel started getting really successful, I, I started realizing I was a fool for not being grateful for this amazing yeah. opportunity here. I'm my boss. I get to call the shots. I get to write the content. I yeah. get to choose my projects. Uh, and it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I know. That's pretty, um, it's pretty awesome. I mean, at the end of the day, like everything that you explained right there, it's, that's a good, that's a good gig, man. I know when I was younger, I used to like in my career, I would always be chasing like a bigger paycheck and more responsibility and things of that nature. And at a certain point in my life, I just realized like, dude, I just want to be happy. Like none of that shit actually matters. So like, the reason the reason is, is because oftentimes you're setting these goals, but you're not you're inadvertently saying to yourself right now that you're not good enough now unless yeah. you have these things. So I'm going to work hard to get these things and then you miss out on today. Yeah. Uh, so like you have to remind yourself also it's good to be ambitious and it's good to have goals, but it's also very healthy to remind yourself that you're good enough right now and that everything is pretty fucking sweet. Right. Yeah, for me, it was it was getting divorced. I, uh, <laughs> that was the turning point. Yeah, man. Because honestly, like I thought, like I had everything wrapped up, man. Like I was like, dude, I'm like got this good job, got this house, and then you buy us a new car. We got you know two kids and a dog, and like everything's freaking like perfect, dude. Like I'm totally in control. And then one day, I wasn't anymore, and it was like, wait a minute, dude, what am I doing? You know, like, like it really made me like kind of just reevaluate, like making, like making like my job only is to pay the bills or it has to be something that I just love doing. Like it's, it's like a hobby, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know. Well, I think you should stick with it. You have a, a, a gift for it. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I really do. It's a. Uh, it's it's tough down here on the bottom. <laughs> hey man, started from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's been a good ride, man. I can't complain. You know, I was talking to my daughter about my channel one on one of those days where I was being kind of negative, and she's like, "But dad, you have like I don't know what the number was at the time. Let's just say it was five thousand. You have five thousand subscribers. That's a lot of people." You know, like imagine doing stand up comedy in a room filled with five thousand people. Yeah, right. That's a lot. That would be nerve wracking. Or playing you know, a gig in front of yeah. five thousand people. Yeah. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to do uh, like improv. I went to an improv night here at this little local place not too long ago, and I'm like, oh my god, I want to do this so bad. Yeah. Because it's like listening to you know I don't remember if it was on the show or before the show when we were talking, and I was saying about like you watch somebody else do something, you're like, oh, I can do it better. You know, it's like watching these guys do this improv. I'm like, why didn't he say that? Oh, my God, it would have been so funny. You know, like just watching the whole thing. I'm like, I got to do this. I got to do this. 
I came home like half cocked because you know we had a bunch of beer. Like sitting down, I'm, like, I'm gonna sign up. The lady's like, "Get out of town! Dude. What are you doing?" <laughs> no, <laughs> what do you mean no? She, she's just no. She she's on to me already. She's like, "Oh yeah, go ahead, have fun." You know, you'll forget about this later. <laughs> well, dude, it's been fun bringing me on, man. I uh, I I've been wanting to to talk to you for a while and uh, and see. What 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 was going on over there on your side of the country uh, with with the YouTubing and and I was very curious about your second channel. Definitely seeing a lot of people do that lately. It's been it's been interesting. Pro- yeah, honestly, the main reason that I did this was because when I was doing it on my other channel, there was no way to know what content people were subscribing for. Right. So like if you have a POV video and you have a completely different format, some people don't want to see the POV stuff. They want to see two hours of you chatting with somebody and like listen to that in the car while they're commuting. Not, they definitely don't want the other end of it, you know, and and vice versa. So I really kind of found myself at a spot where it was like, I need to separate this. And initially, whenever I first did Biker Bar, I was like, so like, I wanted to be able to be monetized, you know, and I was like, oh man, there's like, it'd take me forever to get a thousand subscribers again. So, you know, and I just didn't like, I didn't, I didn't think that it was going to work out that well, you know, and so far it seems like it's doing good. I mean, the format's a lot different than it was before. So I'm, you know, putting the clips out during the week and got this pseudo professional looking thing going on here. I dig it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Keep cranking them out, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what what's what's in store now that you're all all like back together and like is there any kind of like long-term plans that you're thinking of well i would love uh i would love to um transition into a traveling uh a traveling vlog i feel like i need some more substance in the channel i need more purpose um and and a more of an ongoing setting for the story Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, I've spent a lot of time in Asheville. I've explored almost everything there is to explore here. Um, it's probably time to get on the road. Uh, I think the only thing hindering that is uh, the finance part. It's not mm-hmm. exactly solid at the moment, but we're working on that and we're trying to figure out how to make that work. Uh, so we, we are, we can like go out van life it up and be on mm-hmm. the road for weeks at a time. Uh, my wife works remotely. So we're, we're slowly gravitating towards that. But at the same time, we also have ideas going in the complete opposite direction that are mm-hmm. even bigger than that, like uh, homesteading. Uh, sell, I mean, not, we're not talking about selling our house. We love our house. My wife's watching. Probably she's like, selling the house. Uh, but we're, <laughs> we're talking about possibly looking into splitting a chunk of land here. Because we love Asheville. Asheville is so amazing. Mm-hmm. If I lived here the rest of my life and died here, that would be fantastic. Uh, I love this place. I never want to leave. So we're also talking about uh, buying a chunk of land together with our friends and starting a basically a commune <laughs> of party hippies uh, and mountain biking uh, called Team Town. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just uh, build our houses, uh, build a community there, raise our kids together if, if, if we yeah. go down that road and, and just build mountain bike uh, stuff there that we want to build and party like we want to party. And so, like yeah. the Bobo cult is basically what you're talking it, about. We're starting a cult. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's only a matter of time until there's like group sex going on, right? 
Like that's how that's it already, goes. That's already happened. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to know that as you're moving in, you're like, okay, there's only a matter of time until we're like. They can't make it illegal now because we own this place. Right. <laughs> You're like, seriously, man. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, we uh, we love it here. So it's kind of we're kind of torn. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, either way, um, the plan is is to continue to make uh, better videos, continue to learn, continue to grow, uh, continue to push the boundaries of what's possible mm-hmm. uh, for monetization, and um, continue to upgrade our lives, upgrade our gear, mm-hmm. and uh, and broadcast it to the world. Uh, and and, you know, as long as I keep saying the mantra and stay patient, trust the process and don't give up. Yeah. uh, I'm thrilled to see where this, where this could be in a few years. How do you come up with your characters for your bikes? (laughs) Uh, well, uh, Prometheus was already named Prometheus. Uh, when I bought, when I, whenever I buy something, I name it. Um, that's your thing. That's my thing. The, my, uh, Gibson SG. Uh-huh. Uh that there is named Satan. Oh, there you go. Uh that Taylor That's actually the guitar I was gonna buy instead of that Jap strat. That uh Taylor right there, that, uh-huh. that I named it Taylor Spliff. Oh, there you go. Uh so yeah, I named all my things. So I named it Prometheus, and um it was right at the time that that uh movie came out. Prometheus it was like a installment of Aliens, mm-hmm. big Aliens fan. Yeah. Uh franchise. And um I was just right down the trail making the noise from the trail, like Wee! And I was like, it just makes sense that he would have a German accent because he's from his Cannondale. He's from Germany. <laughs> Apparently, they're not made in Germany. No, made in uh, the U.S. for a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so stupidity. So it's interesting, but it all works out, you know, like it all worked out. Um, and uh, Bob, I just always have been able to do a decent Tommy Chong impersonation. And I thought to myself, well, if Prometheus, you think about characters, he's like, oh, okay, right. well, Prometheus is high strung. He's an asshole. Yeah. He's always loud and aggressive right so the next bike has to be the opposite of all right. that. it has to be passive and uh you know yeah. uh, a hippie and it's like well tommy chong that's going to be right. his personality uh very eeyore and withdrawn right right and of course then they got the transition i was like well it's a female because we got to work in a female character right it should be a love interest. It's like, except she's a lesbian who punches harder than they do. And she just kicks their ass. It's like, so you, what, so what you want to do is you want to like lead the audience down a path and you, and they, they, because people like to try to solve the puzzle and they're like, Ooh, it's going to go this way. And then you go, Nope. So yeah. you, you bring them far enough and then you take them in a little misdirection. So I usually try to think of characters, uh, how I would do them initially and then say, okay, how now, how would I surprise myself with this character? Mm-hmm. And that's usually where I go with for the traits. But right on, man. Yeah. I've been you, writing. I've been writing for a long time. Usually, when you do, do write a script, the first thing you come up with, other than the scene and the setting, are the characters. Characters are everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, how do you get how do you get your buddies in in on um, all of the stuff? You know, they're uh, just you know that alcohol. Was, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really wish that I could pay them because it is so much work. Right, right. But one thing that's fun is like filmmaking is like probably the only art form on the planet that requires more than one person to make it. Mm-hmm. It's a team effort. Always. You got to have someone doing all these things. And um, 
I was always surprised to see the gratification and the like, uh, like the camaraderie amongst amongst my peers after we filmed something. They're like, "We did it! We made this together!" Mm-hmm. And then they are so excited to see how I assemble it. And mm-hmm. then we'll normally view it together, and they'd be like, "Yes, that was fucking awesome!" And I'm just like, "Guys, I couldn't do it without you guys." Yeah. Uh, so um, luckily, my background was to teach students, mm-hmm. so I have a knack for. I had to teach every part of film. Mm-hmm. So I kind of know how to do it and I know how to give people the information to do their job. But honestly, if you don't have good people willing to do it that aren't excited about doing it, it's not going to work. So I'm super lucky mm-hmm. uh, to have the friends that I have because they're they're They are super excited to help me make these projects. Yeah, I know. It's super, shit. it's super cool, man. It's definitely super cool. I'm like, man, I need to freaking put out an ad on the paper for like, would you be friends with Bobo? If you would, call me and you can be my friend instead. <laughs> I see you in the comments, Bendura. What's up, buddy? <laughs> so, um, fuck, I just had a great question. Don't know what that was going to be about. Um, what is, uh, what, what, what was the hardest thing about doing YouTube that you didn't expect? Um, the, on the never ending part of the process, it seems um, perpetual. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I just bought all this recording equipment. I spent $800 on recording equi- equipment just the other mm-hmm. day. That's a lot yeah. because I just decided I'm going to start making music again. I miss that. I used to mm-hmm. be a professional musician. I miss that. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I hardly have time to play with it uh, or, or record because I'm, you know, like I said, I got to, once this is over, I got to shave my beard and set up the lights for tomorrow mornings, continue perpetual filming. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I think that that could, I think that's probably why a lot of people don't make it. Um, and now I understand whenever they have, I've ever seen an interview of someone like Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not a big country fan, uh, music fan, but I love me some Garth. And there's a new he, documentary out with him. It's super. Well, yeah, good, I gotta watch that. Uh, yeah, super good. So he basically said, like, "Oh, dude, I was so close to actually giving up before I made it." Yeah, uh, and I think that that's a very common tale amongst a lot of people. So I don't know. You just, I, I think that I knew it deep down inside that it was going to be hard, but I didn't know exactly the visceral experience of it. Mm-hmm. Actually, living it, it's a mm-hmm. lot, but it's worth it. What would be your advice to somebody um, that wanted to start a channel? Get clear on your intentions. Mm -hmm. Temper your expectations. And be prepared to fail until you don't. Yeah. Those are pretty good words, man. It's almost like there's a real guy in there. There's a real man. man. I'm a real boy. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on tonight, dude. I, uh, are, you, are, you trying to, are you trying to end my episode? Is that I happening? probably got to go. I got to get shaven and I got to get Jesus free. I got to pre-light. That's that's the game, isn't it? You didn't yeah. know this is like you're doing this for free. You're like following my <laughs> rules, man. No, no, no. I'll tell you what. This, this is the last thing I usually ask people. So you got to wrap sure. it up. I, I can respect that, dude. Sure. Um, I appreciate it. What, what other channels do you watch? I'd like to hear that, even if they're not mountain bike related, because I've I've gotten some good content to watch out of the, that question. David Dobrik. Yeah, my daughter has that. Me watching um, that one too. I yeah, love exactly. David Dobrik. Paul the punter turned me on to that. 
Um, I, I watch Paul's channel a lot because him and I are, are very similar in a lot of ways uh, in our approach. And we've gotten to work together. So I learned a lot from Paul. I think that uh, he learned some things from me. And it's fun to we, we exchange ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm always watching to see if he's implementing these ideas that he's telling me to do, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, but there's uh, Peter McKinnon. And there's, oh God, who have I been? Oh, um, Jack Septicai. And there's a good one. What is his name? Uh, iDubbs. Uh huh. What's he doing? Oh, oh, iDubbs is impossible to explain. (laughs) You just got to look. But you just need to go watch iDubbs. All right. I'll have to check it out. He is like, beyond brilliant and he he loves to roast other youtubers it is fantastic oh that sounds like fun I'll he's a, have to check. like pewdiepie follows idubs like that's, oh, okay nice nice yeah. there you go well hey man i really do appreciate you coming on the show everybody that's that tuned in here live dude thanks a lot those of you guys are listening or watching after the fact dude like honestly thanks for watching if you guys enjoyed the conversation hit the subscribe button hit the like button whether you liked it or not just hit it it doesn't matter um it, it makes subscribe. me feel good <laughs> subscribe already what are you waiting for just do it right yeah and i want to once again thank everybody out there on patreon seriously like you guys really make this happen so with all that being said oh man you know what i'm over here just like forgetting that i actually have things to do i'm just running my mouth so here we go not that button that's not the one this one there you go hey. everybody remember it only takes a bike to be a biker get out and be one thanks again bobo Hey, thanks for having me, Robert.